Welcome back to the Austin Mortgage Report with John Schutze on Talk 1370. Have a question for John? You can reach him by calling 512-920-2891. Once again, here's John. Welcome back to the show. John Schutze here. I've got John Roseberry. We're with Supreme Lending uh, out here to share some uh, information and knowledge about the real estate mortgage market and what's going on out there. Last segment, we had a really great discussion about Hurricane Harvey and its effect on the uh, housing market, including uh, a really neat program called the 203H uh, program with FHA 203H. That's just, We're just going to dub it the 203 Harvey. Makes 203 Harvey. It's easier to remember. There you go. H for Harvey. Uh, allows you to buy for possibly buy with zero down if you were if you lived in one of those uh, presidentially president presidential declared. declared that's hard to say that or for me presidentially anyway. declared, declared disaster, disaster area yes. so uh, whether you rent or whether you buy or owned a home there you may be able to buy a home a, a new home now and with as little as uh, zero down on an FHA two hundred three H loan let's talk about student loans right now John and those are a big deal. Uh, we're going to, this show, we're going to talk about later about millennials, uh, that, but that falls into the category. A lot of these folks have a lot of student loans, and it definitely does affect the mortgage process. And where we see it most is the debt payments on those loans affect your debt ratio. Okay, so one of the things I've always wondered, and it is a huge component of the factor of, of a loan for interest rates and terms, is what is commonly, what you you guys refer to it as DTI or debt-to-income ratio. Yep. So it's not just your credit score and your finances. It is a so what is what determines a debt-to-income ratio, and how does it affect your home buying power? So debt-to-income ratio is it's a mathematical calculation where we look at your income, and depending on the program, there's a certain maximum amount of debt you can carry. So and that number is usually around 45%. A lot of times we can go up to 50. So if you make five grand a month, let's say, Based that's gross. Monthly or yearly? Monthly. Let's okay. say monthly. We look at monthly generally. Okay. So if you make five grand a month, and that's gross, not, that's not what you bring home. It's not before, after your benefits and tax. It's your gross income before all that comes out. We can usually go up to 45% or maybe a little higher. So on a let's just say 50%, it's about 45. So if you make 5,000 a month, you can probably carry around five or 2,500 in debt. Okay. Okay. Now, does that debt include student loans, medical bills, credit cards, liens or uh, car loans? It it generally includes anything that's on your credit that's a payment. So car loans, student loans, uh, medical bills are kind of, that's more of a, that's not usually on your credit. It's not like a, you might have an installment loan worked out where you're paying them off over time, but that usually doesn't show up in your credit. Okay. Now, if you put that on a credit card, you know, hey, I went and got a procedure done. I put three grand on my credit card. You're going to have a payment associated with that on your credit report. We're going to see that. Um, so there is that. Also includes things like child support if you have to pay child support okay. well, or spousal support. We don't really have alimony in Texas. They call it spousal support here, but okay. if you have that kind of thing, we have to include that. Child care? In some loan programs, you have to... Child care comes up usually only with a VA loan. Okay. VA loans, we do have to look at your child care payment. So, but student loans are becoming a bigger and bigger part of that. And I think it's affecting, it, and well, I know it affects a lot of folks out there. Well, more and more people, you know, the trend is more people are going to college because it seems if you don't have a college degree or a master's degree, you almost can't get a job. Well, that may or may not be true. I think you're right, though. I'd agree. 
And so what, what happens a lot of times, what we see is that that's a big burden. I mean, you know, it might be 30 or 40,000 in student loans. Okay. And, and that's a, that really worries people of how they're going to pay that off. And I think it slows down. It, it makes them feel like they can't buy or shouldn't buy or need to pay that off first or need to wait. And there's some truth to that. Uh, what we see on our end as far as going back to the debt ratio discussion is a couple things come up. One is a lot of times those, those payments are deferred. So you may not be paying anything on them because they're deferred because your income is low enough that the, the way the system works, it allows you to not make a payment right now. So the interest is just getting added and those, those, those loan balances are going up. So it may not feel like some people have a lot of student debt, but they don't really feel a lot of a burden by it or much burden by it because they're not paying much. However, as a mortgage company, we have to kind of look at the worst case scenario and, the, and, and, and really the reality of it is at some point you're going to have to start making payments on that debt. So you may be thinking, hey, I don't really make much of a payment. Or maybe you have what's called an income-based program where right. you may owe 40 grand, but you only pay 100 bucks a month. Okay, So, so it, you don't really feel a huge burden by it. But for us, we have to assume, a lot of these programs now require us to assume you're going to have a 1% payment at some point. So on a $40,000 debt, that's 400 bucks a month. You may only be paying 100, you may be paying nothing right now. But when you go to qualify for a mortgage, we have to assume 1% or... Right. In that case, four hundred dollars. So that affects. So if you have, if you can afford a debt payment, if your debt ratio allows you to have twenty five hundred dollars in total debt, that four hundred dollars is going to come out of that. So now you can only afford a twenty one hundred dollar mortgage payment, and that's before any other right. loans or bills. Right. And so if you have a car payment that's a few hundred bucks or or some other debt, then we're going to take that out first, and then whatever's left over is what you can afford for a mortgage. So that can become a bit of a challenge because that pricing or housing is getting expensive here. Uh, the other thing is that is that you may just you may be making you know the full payment and you may be concerned about uh, you know it's not allowing you to save much because you're you're really actively trying to pay that debt off. So the question is, do you wait to pay that student loan off before you buy, or do you go and buy now? What's the best thing? And I would say really look at buying if you can. I mean, if you said, oh, it's going to take me five years to pay this debt off, so I'm going to hold off on buying. I'm going to rent. I don't know if that's the best decision. I, the, Prices of homes are going to go up in the next They're going to keep going up. And so in that, rates are probably going to go up over time. I mean, rates are low. I don't think rates are going to go up any time in the next year or two. They're going to stay down for a while. But still, they're going to go up at some point. And the thing, over five years, if you go ahead and buy something, even if you buy something smaller because that's all you can afford, I know in my own life, I've owned shoot, well, four or five houses. I get figured out, but... It might take me too long to figure it out on the radio. So I would list, you know, but every house I've owned when I've bought and sold, there's been equity buildup right. for me. And that's been in a down and an up economy. Even in a around here, even in a kind of a flat economy, there's still some appreciation in most cases around here. It's and it's had a huge contribution on my life to be able to get that equity because, you know, I save some like everybody, but you know, you save in your retirement account. And when you go to buy a house, you don't want to pull that money out to buy a house. So what are you going to use to buy the next house? A lot of times that equity is really contributes to you being able to upgrade and buy a little bit nicer home because you Definitely. over and over five years. I mean, if you buy a if you buy a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house and you you have even just let's say five percent equity appreciation each year, that's twelve twelve thousand bucks. That's twelve five over five years. Just using that real simple calculation, that's about sixty thousand dollars in equity. So that, you say equity appreciation. So is that the equity you're paying on with your monthly payments each year? I'm not even counting that. And you're right, because when you make your payments, your balance will go down. Okay. So you're building. I'm just talking about the house appreciating. If you're renting, you have no 
you're not getting any appreciation when you rent, right? right? The owner of the building is, but you're not. But if you own the home, that's sixty grand. If that's sixty grand, you would not have had otherwise. And so, all looks being equal, you know, if you could rent for a certain amount, but you could buy for a similar monthly payment, I would caution folks of being too conservative. I mean, you don't want to overextend yourself. Absolutely not. You don't, and you can't really. I mean, we have guidelines in place that you can have right. a certain debt ratio. We're not going to let you go over. But if you can buy, I just think you have to look at it really seriously yeah. because that and that 5% appreciation is fairly conservative for what we've really seen around here. In well, many cases, we've seen a lot more than Let's 5%. go back to what's Harvey. There's going, the rents will probably be going up because of all the people coming up for temporary housing. Right. It's going to, it should put a lot of demand on that. I mean, it, would you say 100,000 people without homes yeah. down there? I don't know if that includes renters or not. It sounds that's just the homes. That's that just were households. Just There's houses. a whole lot of renters down there mm-hmm. that were displaced, and they got to go somewhere. And there's they're, they're going to run out of places to rent in Houston, so put, some of them are going to come up here. So you're right. So rents rents are likely going to go up, but student loans are a big factor. We have we just we talk about them all the time on the show. We talk about them to our clients. You know, if you want to just kind of evaluate your options, give us a call. We're at nine two zero ATX one. That's nine two zero twenty eight ninety one, or go to austinmortgagereport.com. There's a link at the top that says the, ne- it says the next step. It's a great page where it's got information about the qualifying process right. and, and the steps involved in that and how, what we're going to do to help equip you to buy. Uh, we're we're going to, uh, you know, it's, it's not a apply online, we'll let you know. It's more of a discussion, you right. know. It's, it lays things out in the terms that people want to see and are going to have questions about just right there in black and white so that people know exactly what to expect and when. Right. So that's austinmortgagereport.com. If you have just have a question, you want to shoot us a note, uh, you know, call us at 920-ATX1. That's 512-920-ATX1. Or send us, a, send us an email. Just go to Austin Mortgage Report. My email's right there. You can send us an email. We'll get right back to you. Uh, lots more to talk about, though. Uh, one thing I want to talk about next in the next segment is why only 14% of Americans think homeownership is important. I think it's an interesting trend, and that's down 5% year over year. That's a big, big drop. Uh, So that's a great thing to talk about. So, again, you're listening to John Schutze. We've got John Roseberry here. We're going to be back with lots more of the Austin Mortgage Report when we come back. Um, Thanks for joining us. We're running about four years now on the show, and uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you out there. So thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with lots more. 